0: Well, we're going to travel into Acts again uh, this morning. No, no way, God. Last week, Otto, thank you, Otto. Wave, some people may not know Otto. If you don't know Otto, he's a great guy to get to know. And last week, he, he encouraged us from the life of Peter to be a community of people, just ordinary people, that moved from being ordinary people to extraordinary just by simply saying yes. Now, the way that worked out in Peter's life is that there was some kind of conversation between Peter and the risen Lord Jesus. And in that conversation, it was something like this. Hey, Peter, there's this man, his name is Aeneas. He's been paralyzed for eight years. And I want you, I, I want you to go visit him and I want to heal him through you. He didn't say, Peter, I want you to go heal Aeneas. He said, I want want to heal him through you. I just want you to show up, and I just want you to do what I tell you to do. So would you do that? And as as Otto walked us through that story, Peter's answer was, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I'll, I'll do what you want me to do, as you do it through me. I can't do that. He didn't have the ability to command a paralyzed man to stand up and walk. He didn't have he doesn't have that authority, he doesn't have that ability. But Jesus through him does. And so he went to visit Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Peter didn't say, I heal you. Jesus Christ heals you. Get up, make your bed. And it it happened. And I'm sure that Peter. Because he's an ordinary guy like us thought, wow, that is so cool when Jesus does that. And again, he probably walked by going, I don't know, you know, I don't understand the dynamics of that at all. All I do is say yes, and Jesus does this stuff. But then it, it kind of ratcheted up again because I think Jesus said, well, way to go, Peter. Thank you for doing what I wanted to do on the earth through you. So now that you did that, now there's this lady, her name's Tabitha, she's died. And Peter said, died? Yeah, like dead. She's dead. And what I want you to do, Peter, is I want you to go and I want you to visit uh, the room that's been prepared for Tabitha. It's keeping her body cool until they can prepare her for burial. I I want you to go to that room. And, And Peter, I want to raise Tabitha from the dead through you. Now, what do you think Peter said? I mean, ultimately, he says yes. His auto, he said yes, yes. So okay, but don't, 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 don't you think maybe he had this moment of, are you kidding me? We're gonna do what? I mean, I know I saw Jesus do this, you know, on the earth, but I, I'm, I'm just an ordinary guy, and Jesus reminds him, well, I'm the same Jesus. I just want to do it through you, and so he does. Tabitha get up. She got up, raised from the dead. So Otto, thank you. I mean, you're just you just encouraged us to be a community that says yes, Jesus. And I connect that yes, Jesus to the Lord's prayer because I think that's what the Lord's prayer is all about. So our prayer is, let your kingdom come. What that means is, Jesus, influence us with the power, the authority And the dignity of your rule influence us. We want to be a people of your kingdom. Your kingdom has come, and and we want to live under your rule and your reign now. So influence us. And then we say, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what we're saying is, we want you to do whatever you want to do through us. Now, on the earth. We're not saying, hey, Lord, this is what we want to do. And the, you know, we, we decide, hey, this will bring glory to you. No, it's the opposite. Jesus, we just, we just need you to tell us what you want to do through us. And when you tell us what you want to do through us, then we want to be a community that says, wow, okay. <laughs> I mean, you got to do it because this is much bigger than us. But yes, Lord, we want you to do through us what you want to do today on the earth. Now, I, I think if we are that kind of a community, I mean, that's what our faith is all about. That's what we're reading about. That's what these people were about. They believed that Jesus was the king, they believed that he was alive and they believed that he inaugurated his kingdom, and that kingdom brought something new and better into humanity. And they got to be part of influencing their generation with his kingdom come. We want to be that kind of people. And that's the adventure that we're on. Now, as we learned that from Peter, we learned he said yes. But you know, one of the things that Otto said about Peter is that Peter could be a little bit like flippy floppy. Maybe that's kind of like us. Because on one moment, at the one moment he says yes, Lord. Guess what he says today? No way, no. So he says yes, and then he says no. Acts ten. It was about noon. Peter got hungry. He started thinking about lunch. While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw the skies open up. Something like it was like it's like a sailing vessel almost. It looked like a huge blanket lowered by ropes at its four corners, settled on the ground. Every kind of animal and reptile and bird you can think of was on it. A voice came and said, Go to it, Peter. Kill and eat. And Peter said in the strongest way possible, No way! No! May it never be? No! I've never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. I've never had that profane stuff. I... I, 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 I live by the dietary laws of the Old Covenant. No, Lord, I can't do that. Well, our story today, it centers on Caesarea by the sea. And Caesarea was a seaport that was built by Herod the Great. The same Herod the Great that built the temple that Jesus hung out in. He was just a really big builder. And he named Caesarea in honor of Augustus Caesar because he was very pro-Roman. You had Jews. Some Jews wanted to resist Roman occupation. Other Jews said, you know, they're here. They're the powers that be, so we better figure out a way to get along with them. So Herod was one of those that said, okay, there's some way we can work it out. So he's building this seaport. And it became the seat of the Roman governors, uh, the procurators in Palestine. It was also home to half a legion. That was 3,000 soldiers. And interestingly, it's built north of Joppa. Joppa on the Mediterranean Sea is the natural harbor on the Mediterranean Sea. And he decided, well, if I built a harbor north, I'd be a little bit closer to Rome. So he builds this whole city, this whole new harbor. And the reason he did that is that Joppa as a city was violently national. They did not want to get along with the Romans, and they were rabidly anti-Roman. So it's an interesting contrast of what's happening here. And in Caesarea, one of those 3,000 Roman soldiers was a man not by the name of Cornelius. Cornelius was a centurion. He's the captain of a 100. He's a non-commissioned officer. He was a member of the Italian cohort, what, what that meant is probably that the roots of the cohort was back in Italy but they, they recruited locals to serve uh, in Palestine in all likelihood he would have been a, a native from the region of Caesarea and the reason he would have signed up to serve in the Roman army was that if you served for 25 years then you were granted Roman citizenship so it tells you a little bit about Cornelius he was a guy that Maybe he had some hopes pinned upon the Roman Empire. And maybe if he could become a citizen of the Roman Empire, maybe that would get him further along in life. You know, we don't know all those things. But what we do know comes out of Acts 10, 1 through 8. There was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, this seaport built by Herod the Great. He was captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. He'd led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God, was always helping people in need, and he maintained a habit of prayer. One day about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which would have been a time of prayer, he, he had a vision. An angel of God as real as his next-door neighbor came in and said, Cornelius, and Cornelius stared hard wondering if he was seeing things. Then he said, well, what do you want, sir? And the angel said, your prayers and your neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Here's what you are to do. Send men to Joppa to get Simon, the one everyone calls Peter. He is staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is down by the sea. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called two servants and one particularly devout soldier from the guard. He went over with them in great detail everything that had just happened and then he sent them off to Joppa. Caesarea to Joppa. Cornelius was more than a centurion. What Luke is telling us is that he was a godly man. He was a god-fearer. He was a pious man. He was a devout man. He revered God and his reverence for God and it's God in general... Not real particular, it's just this God, this concept of God. And and his reverence for God influenced his whole household. He did kind deeds. In particular, he gave alms to the poor. He was someone that contributed charitably to the needs of the poor. That's the thing that's emphasized. And then he was a man of prayer. He he what how whatever the order of prayer was, like today sometimes we talk about before the sun rises and then morning and mid midday and afternoon and evening prayer some he kept this regimen of prayer and in that he his his daily prayer and his care for the poor was noticed by god and luke chooses some really interesting words as he's 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 kind of doing a contrast because what he's saying is as Cornelius is praying and as Cornelius is contributing to the needs of the poor, it's like he's, he's offered a sacrifice on the altar as a memorial that goes up and pleases God. That's the, he's using sacrificial terms in describing, hey, God notices what you're doing. And so God visits him. He sends an angel with a message. And in that exchange... With that angel, Cornelius says yes. Now at the same time, Cornelius is saying yes. He's saying yes in Caesarea, south of him in Joppa. As his stuff is going up, now there's something coming down to Peter. At the the time Cornelius is saying yes, Peter is saying no. Isn't it interesting how God puts this stuff together? The three travelers in Acts 10, 9. We're approaching the town, Joppa. And it's at that time that Peter goes up on the roof to pray. And then he gets hungry and lunch. All that we read. After after Peter says, no, Lord. The voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, it's okay. And Peter's response would have said, no. I, I, No. So there's a third time. happens three times, and then the blanket was pulled back up into the skies. Peter, as we have known him, is a commercial fisherman. He comes to know Jesus. He starts following Jesus. He begins to share the story of Jesus. He believes Jesus is the Messiah. He believes Jesus is the king. He believes the kingdom is near. He's declaring the good news of that kingdom. And, and Peter is a devout Jew. I think that's something, we, we just forget that. He's a devout Jew that is living according to the dietary laws of the Old Covenant. And those dietary laws, they're not just health concerns. I mean, so we've, we've kind of it, made it more about health, but it was really about holiness, a way that the people under the covenant could be set apart as being uncommon by their practices. So they're holy in, in in the covenantal sense because they're obeying these dietary laws. And so what Peter is saying, Lord, Lord, I I part of my distinction, part of who I am is wrapped up in I don't eat common food. That that the old covenant considers unclean or profane. I I want to maintain my distinctiveness. So I I, I don't don't know if I can let go of that. Well, Jesus keeps saying, well, three times. I'm saying it's okay. So what is Jesus doing? He's introducing something new and something better. Get a hold of that. The dietary laws, the Old Covenant, served a purpose. But the time's over. So I'm introducing something new and better both to the Jew and to the Gentile. It's also showing us that a common man, Cornelius would have been a common man. Cornelius would have been a profane man. Cornelius would have been a Roman man. But he's godly. And he's not following the rules, so he's blowing the circuitry of Judaism in his day. And then Peter, Peter's got a, he's got a decision to make. You know, if if I'm going to meet Cornelius and I'm going to consider him equal, I mean, I'm literally I, I'm going to be able to enter his house and sit at his table and and share with him the story of Jesus. I'm going to begin to introduce the story of Jesus to the whole Gentile world, then i got to move beyond the dietary laws of Judaism. So while this seems to be like this minor little blip, in this, it's this major deal. The common religious purity of all that God has created is now recognized. Hence, the community has neither the right nor the obligation to declare that, th- that certain animals or men are koinos, common, and are to be av- avoided as unclean. So as, as, as long as Peter says yes, yes, Lord, I see that you're introducing something new and better, then he's going to be able to enter Cornelius' house eat at his table, and share the good news of Jesus. So again, we're back to Otto's message. It's always best to say yes to Jesus. For our community, I think there's some really, really valuable lessons of life for us to live out today based upon our history. Number one, I really, really, really want to encourage us to respect God-fearers, regardless of their religion. So I thought about that. I, I just, out of my history, you know, I'm 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 coming out of a history of conservative evangelicalism. Where it was really, really important that people understood that they were declared righteous by faith expressed in the grace of God, and in that that's that's important. I think that's what Paul tells us in Romans. But in that in my upbringing, I was always brought up to think less of people that would be God fearers and especially people that would pray. Well, who are they praying to? And then the, the do-gooders. I was, just, I was just brought up that that didn't count for anything and that I, it was my job as a conservative evangelical to correct them. No, you know, your, your works are as rubbish to God. You, know, you have to, by faith, through grace. I think that's true. But this story is not saying that the God-fearer and what the God-fearer is doing counts for nothing. This story is teaching us that we need to respect those that fear God, regardless of their religion. It could be a Buddhist, it could be a Hindu, it could be a Muslim, it could be a Jew, it could be a traditional cultural Christian, it could even be an atheist, a secularist. Because there was something within Cornelius that was, that was really long. I really, really believe there is something beyond myself. There's somebody I'm praying to, and there's somebody that has... has there's something happening in me. There's a mechanism in me that I, I just want to... I want to express the character of God by being merciful to the poor. Something was going on in his life. Did he know Jesus? No. But what he was doing was valuable and it led to him coming to know Jesus. And so if we do not respect people, I mean, so that's what's going on. See, their prayers, their deeds, they they do get Jesus' attention. And then notice that Jesus shows up, tells him exactly what to do, and notice that Jesus then is revealing himself to Peter in such a way that's changing his worldview, is changing his habits, and it's enabling him to become friends with Cornelius so Cornelius can hear the story of Jesus. You see, we have to be a community of people willing for God to rock our world because we really want people to know that Jesus has introduced to humanity Something new and something better, and it's for everybody. And if we write off the God-fearers of this planet and we want to correct how they're getting righteous, we're missing the point. We're missing it. So let's respect. Let's respect people that are religious. And pray, what, God. What would what it? What is it? What is it within me? What do you need to address within me so that I can become a good friend and I can tell people? I want to tell people the story of Jesus I, with all of my heart. I believe that Jesus has introduced something new and better for all of humanity. And then I, I, this, I just borrowed this out of the quote. You know, our community. You know, we we say we're following Jesus. Well, our community has neither the right nor the obligation to declare that certain people are profane and are to be avoided. Read that. Let that soak in. We have neither the right nor the obligation to declare that certain people are profane and are to be avoided. Jesus has changed the playing field. That's the way things were done under the old covenant. We don't live under the old covenant. There's a new covenant that's come. And new covenant people do not declare that certain people on the planet are profane and are to be avoided. That's not who we are. That's not Jesus. That does not represent the good news that he's brought to humanity. And then finally, it's a, it's really kind of a worldview shift. There's a there's a new and better day by the declaration of the Creator. So when 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 Jesus through this vision speaks to Peter and says, "Hey, you you now can eat that that di- I, I rescind that law." Because I've brought us back to, there's, there's been trouble on planet Earth. There's been trouble in my creation. And so I've, I've been, I've been, we've been trying to work that out. But finally, I've, I've, you know, you're not going to work it out. Religion isn't going to work it out. So I'm going to step in and I'm going to fix it. So I'm declaring now, I'm getting back to the original creation. When I spoke over this creation, it is good. I'm getting back to that. And I want you to join me. God has declared it is good. And he's restoring what he once created to something better. So we get to be people. We don't ignore the harsh realities of life. The stuff in Syria right now is heartbreaking. It does, I mean... There is a God in heaven that looks at that and goes, oh man, it's breaking my heart again. People are suffering once again. It doesn't need to be. And I need people that represent me and represent what I want to do on this planet. And what I want to do on this planet is I want people to make peace with one another. Our God wants no more war. He wants something better for all of us. How do we do that? I think it starts with believing that there is a God that's very much in touch. He's very aware of what's going on in the world. And he's not satisfied that it stays the way that it is. He knows what it was originally when he created it. And when he declared over it, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. And what our God wants is he wants that declaration to come back. So that he can look back over his creation and say, yeah, I've resolved the issues of the planet and it is good again. We get to join God in that in our generation so that ultimately the day will come that there is a new heaven and a new earth and a creator that says, yeah, that's what I intended. And we get to be part of that. So this worldview, we don't live on a throwaway planet. People are not expendable on the planet. God looks at our planet with different eyes through what Jesus has accomplished. May our eyes, may our worldview change in that. So would you like to stand with me? I just want to pray that the Holy Spirit would activate all of this in our lives. I know I mean, I know that I can, I can say it, I can speak it, I can believe it, but we've now got to live it, and I want us as a community to live based upon the truth of what we've just read. So I just want to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to empower us to be this, OK? Jesus, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you for what you've accomplished for humanity. I want to thank you that your love continues to reach this world. Your love reaches us. I want to thank you that you're a God who so loves this world that you continue to come to set things right that are horribly wrong. Lord, I know based upon who you are that that you love the people of Syria, that you're concerned about those people and that you want to see things set right in Syria. So Lord, train us, enable us as we see these horrific things on the planet to know that that breaks your heart. That's not what you want. That's not what you're accomplishing. And let us as a people join you in seeing you create something new and better in us and through us on the planet right now. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would rock our world so much that we would be able to be like Peter, that we'd let go of some religious duties that we do that keep us separated from people that are seeking you. Holy Spirit, put to death the religious things in our lives that keep us isolated from people that want to know you. Lord, there's all kinds of God-fearers around us. So I just pray that you would come, visit us, Holy Spirit, rearrange our lives, rearrange our world vision, and then put us in relationship with the God-fearers on the planet that we could tell the story of Jesus. I pray, O Lord, Holy Spirit, help us not to mock the religious. Help us not to make light of those that fear you and express that fear in other religions. Lord, I don't understand other religions, but I do know that there are people in other religions that have a heart that is looking for you. And I pray, O Lord, that we would be part of those people that love others and tell the story of Jesus. Lord, I pray that we, as a community of people, would lay aside any tendency we have to declare that certain people are profane and are to be avoided. Strip that away from us, Holy Spirit. Jesus, I want to thank you for introducing to humanity something new and better. Help us to understand what you've given us and help us to give that away to our generation. In your name, amen. I want to invite any of you that if you if kept your prayer request and you want to receive some prayer, we'll do that in this part of the room. For the rest of us, please mix, mingle, drink all the coffee, eat all the snacks, give each other hugs. And I will see you later. Thank you.